the 120th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me, as always, is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? We finished another year. Well, we finished another year. You know, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So I thought for the show today, we could do a little bit of a retrospective on 2022. Maybe to get us started, can you tell us what you think were the big trends this past year and ideas? And what do you think is going to matter in 2023? Well, I think my big saying is like, nothing changes until things change, right? Mm -hmm. And I think we haven't seen anything big change, but the trends have, have accentuated. We've seen, you know, Verizon going from, from a challenging first quarter, which they had now several years in a row, to a very challenging second and third quarter where they lost customers in, in consumer. Mm-hmm. And when you look at business, the only bright spot has been business wireless. And, you know, here the trend accentuated. We saw T-Mobile executing very well, playing around their playbook, but still lacking postpaid phones compared to AT&T. But their playbook was very predictable and they stuck with it. And they rolled out uh, fixed wireless and grew significantly. And by the way, Verizon did as well. So that's the other bright spot for Verizon, right? Mm -hmm. And then we have AT&T, which also executed on their old playbook and executed very well. And for two out of the the three quarters where we have numbers, they beat T-Mobile in in phone net ads, right? Right. So I, mean, I, I would say I think there's renewed focus there. You know, they threw the the Time Warner over the side, right, and are now f- focused, right? They're focused. Yes, but I don't think that the wireless group per se ever lost that focus, and the foundation for what I would th- say is a good. 2022 were late earlier, right? And it's that execution on same promotion every time for new and existing customers. And I think, you know, when when you go top to bottom, you know, John Stanky, Jeff McElfresh, Jen Robertson, they really stuck to that playbook. And it paid off, you know, and, and they did it without content, since this is my other favorite topic, right? Right. We, we've been, and our surveys have shown repeatedly or every week, right, that content is like number one out of 10 factors, right? And the results have shown that. Content is like eight or nine out of 10, 10 factors. Yeah, so it's like yeah. whoop-de-doo, right? And it's the homemade differentiation that makes a difference. And that makes a difference for for T-Mobile and AT&T, right? And so, but it's, when we look at 2022, there hasn't been really significant innovation and disruption. So I, I, I agree with that at a high level, but I would say kind of the emergence of FWA as a differentiated 5G use case in an industry that's kind of searching for 5G use cases 
is is relevant, right? And well, it, it certainly made an impact on the cable industry, right? Right, and custom, you know, our, our our research shows that that customers really like FWA, right? And it's it's a it's a new, different way to get internet into the home at scale. I mean, the Wisps have been around for what for a long time, yeah. But you know, I mean, in an industry that's casting about for metaverse and everything else oh, Jesus on the Christ. tech side of things, right? Uh, FWA is, a, is, is here and it's real and it's, it's making a difference, right? And it's making a difference. And making a difference in the lives of, of Comcast, Charter, Cox, and the other cable guys, because especially Comcast and Charter have done to the wireless guys, you know, comes now back in, in spades. And it's really interesting because we have here apex predators in, on both sides, and they get taken to task by by the guy from the other, you know, who dominated a different ecosphere. And it's fascinating to look at it. But but like for wireless per se, there hasn't been really this this uncarrier event, right? AT and T delivered the last uncarrier event with the same promotion for, for new and existing customers. And T-Mobile didn't answer to it. I'm a little bit disappointed in AT&T that they didn't keep on hammering with something. And Verizon has st- stuck with the same playbook. And as long as everybody stays with the same playbook, the same results will repeat itself. Right. Well, I, I would say I, I think Verizon has to some extent, turned on and off the same deal for new and existing customers promotion, but they haven't stuck with it, right? And that's and I think exactly that, the problem, right? Yeah. Both T-Mobile and, and especially AT&T run the same promotion all year long. And the guys who say that pulsing the promotions in and out works for them have the worst results. Okay, if that's working for you, I'm very happy. You know, Merry Christmas. Right, so I'm I'm looking when I look a little bit forward, I'm looking for for some disruption to either you know either to get out of a out of a hole or somebody you know hits with a shovel the other guys on the head, and so that that's what I'm looking for. Right, and we we may be in for some disruption in in 23. Right, we've got Dish building out a network. Right, I, I don't think we saw the the huge impact that I think Dish kind of thought they were going to make. The thought that, that we that at least I expected, but the, you know there is a, a greenfield network being built for the first time in in twenty years, right? We expect that more of it will be built in in twenty three. So that that should be interesting from a disruption perspective. And and it is a technical marvel. You have to give it to Dish that they have built a five G cloud native open RAN network without a safety net. And customers yawned, right? Well, I'm not. I'm not sure. Without a safety net, is fair because they are able to roam on both AT and T and T Mobile's network when they need to. Yeah, but but like Project Genesis, if the Vona doesn't work, you don't have voice. There's no fallback to the AT and T or, or T Mobile network for Boost Unlimited, without a doubt. But they're mostly reselling one of the two networks and occasionally are roaming on the Genesis network, right? So it's like, okay. But the Genesis network is a really a technological marvel. And I'm 
endlessly impressed. But now it comes the hard part, selling the stuff, right? Right, and we know the cost to acquire in wireless is high. That's right. right. Marketing costs are high. Retail is expensive, et cetera, right? And so getting just building a network, if you, if you build it, they will come. That may not always play out, right? Well, that was true 20 years ago, right? When there was plenty of people who never had a, a cell phone. And, you know, you had to beat people back with a stick. Now, everybody has it. It works. Oh, it works because it's open run? Okay. Does my voice sound better? No. Is it faster? No. Do I have unlimited data? Yeah, but I have that with the other guys too, right? So the clear differentiation besides, you know, what geeks like us get their jollies from, the average consumer is indifferent. Yeah. So speaking of geeks like us, yeah, I think the other thing that I thought I think will be interesting going forward is is standalone networks, right? So we're starting to see carriers stand up standalone networks, right? Which will should be unable enable unlocking some of the kind of key pieces of the five G spec around latency and slicing, things of that nature in twenty three. What are, what are your thoughts about standalone and kind of what we have yet to see from five G in twenty three? Well, you know, standalone is the way to go, and or converged, if you want to call it that, is the way to go. It will open up. A whole lot of slew of uh, different use cases, and it has to be run nationwide. The networks have to be adjusted for it to get the latency out. Here's the case where I would say, like, build it and they will come, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, the carriers are not very good in building developer ecospheres, let's be honest, right? Right. But here, when you have that ubiquitously independent of the carrier, right? Mm -hmm. when, when a developer can expect sub-whatever latency, sub-20, sub-15, sub-10, on a consistent basis, regardless of the network, regardless of the location, then use cases will open up. Not sure if 23 is already the year. I think 23 is the foundational year where we built the foundation. I would more look like to 24 for that. The other thing that, that I thought was really interesting is we still have only four FCC commissioners. Gigi Zone still hasn't gotten a vote, right? Mm -hmm. You know, her supporters are blaming the wireless carriers and cable companies for somehow stopping it. And I'm like, but the Democrats have a majority. They could get this through if they would get all of their ducks in a row, right? And in 23, they have 51 seats in the Senate. And there have been plenty of commissioners on the FCC that the industry didn't, didn't like, and they still got approved. So I don't know how miraculously the, the, the carriers got, and, and the cable companies simply got stronger. Well, may maybe with, with that one extra vote in the Senate, we'll see something happen. Well, it's a big vote. But I'm not going to hold my breath, right? I'm, I'm just puzzled that the White House hasn't been able to push this through because net neutrality was a big agenda item for them. And that only would have worked with a majority in the FCC. And by the way, then came the major doctrines decision 
from the Supreme Court. And I think it's now tougher than ever to, to get major decisions through on an administrative basis from, from an agency rather than through Congress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the end, you know, I don't know if the, if the Republicans are still up for it because they always said, like, we're happy to, to do net neutrality, a very clean bill that just says, you know, here are the, the principles of it. Here, let's enshrine it. The Democrats didn't want that because they wanted Title II attached to it. Well, it's like they still don't have it, right? So if they want to have net neutrality, I think, I don't know if the Republicans are still up for it or if they just ran out of patience. So, but not a lot of things will happen on on the FCC side until there's a majority, right? Yep, yep. All right. Well, we'll keep a uh, keep an eye on it. A uh, happy new year again, and uh, yeah. looking forward to uh, doing this with you for for another year. At least, I hope so. At least, right. absolutely. Uh, All right. Thanks, yeah. Roger. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.